I'm plugged into the Agora's Nexus We need the whole community connected We're the alternative collective Self-sufficient and effective so another another episode uh welcome back to the agorist nexus podcast my name is jeremiah harding and i'm here with dag and uh the the general state of affairs is catastrophe already so uh I hear you got a, a hurricane coming through there that's going to melt some faces. It's possible. Um, it's always just a wait and see with these things. You know, we um, we were actually out of town at a meetup this weekend, hanging out with other cool, you know, Liberty folks and didn't even know that all this was going on. And we're driving back down and our parents are calling us like, make sure you get gas. And oh, man, everyone's going nuts at the stores and and all this. But I, I don't know, man, like. I've lived here my whole life, so I've been a few through a few hurricanes. Uh, I feel like the craziness definitely gets crazier every year as the uh, this media machine that people are so addicted to sort of feeds them constant fear. Now, in fairness, they're you know you don't want to be stupid; like you definitely want to be prepared for a hurricane, you know. But it's the whole like panic thing, like. So <laughs> this happens every time. Looking on, you know, scrolling through Facebook, and a friend of mine in Tampa, he's like. He works at a video game store and he's like, man, people are coming to my video game store and to buy the $2 bottles of water out of the cooler, you know, where they sell sodas and stuff because they can't find water anywhere. Nobody can buy it. People need water. People need so much bottled water or whatever. And like, that's fair. Like you want to be prepared. You want to have water on hand in case you lose utilities. That's the big concern, really. But you live in Florida. This happens every year. Why don't you just have water? You know what I mean? Like, why don't you just have this stuff? Like, everybody goes nuts for all this stuff. And it's like, for I'm getting pretty good in my life at being like, prepared, you know? And it's kind of like, you know, I got to make sure like the farms buttoned up as much as possible, you know, make sure I have enough feed supplies for the animals. But like, we've got canned food, you know, I'm going to fill up a couple barrels of water, but we have water anyhow, but I'm going to make sure we have plenty. Uh, we have a generator. I'm going to pull it out and run it a little bit this afternoon, make sure it's in good working order, you know, all that, uh, you know, but I have all this stuff and we've had years where we didn't have this stuff and we didn't get hit with a hurricane and we were um, Irma five years ago. We didn't have power for nine days and like, you know, we have a well, so we can't pull water out of the ground, you know, if we don't have power. Uh, we didn't have a generator at the time. It was, you know, it was a little rough. It was a little uncomfortable. So, you know, no matter what a situation like this sucks, but at least if you're kind of prepared for it, it makes it a lot better. And that's really been like, as I've been talking about here, kind of like my kick lately is like, you know, skills for, you know, this, this kind of thing. Cause like, this is something I get a lot, you know, you know, people look at you kind of crazy for being like a prepper or whatever. And then they always follow well, up. Well, you could have just well. left it at look, you look at you kind of crazy because they yeah. just do anyway. <laughs> That's very I... true. <laughs> um, but it, like they always followed up with like, oh, if anything crazy happens, I'm coming to your house. And it's like, motherfucker, no, you are not, you know, because it's not just like, OK, let's say you're poor or, don't, or whatever. You're just not your prep isn't that good yet. You know, it's like doesn't mean I'm not going to welcome you into my home or whatever. There's a problem. But if you have the attitude that I'm going to do absolutely nothing to prepare for this bad situation, and if it does happen, I'm going to come to your house while making fun of you for it. Like, no, because I don't want your attitude, your mindset, your obvious 
you know, lack of ability to have skills and planning and forethought. I don't want you around my compound, motherfucker. You know, like, no. I'm an irresponsible sloth. Let mm-hmm. me be a parasite on your operation. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to bring something to my front front gate? You got to trade? Hey, man, let's talk. You know what I mean? But I will only, <laughs> and it's not a commune, but I will only take people in, <laughs> you know, to our whatever you would call the situation in a shit hit the fan scenario. Um, you know, if you have, if you're useful or, you know, why not or, call or it a commune to the table? <sighs> it was just such connotations I hate. And because I am still, it is my property. It's not, this is, I have the ability to kick anybody off at any time. <laughs> like that's, that's the thing. It's still a private property situation in my opinion. So, and I don't have anything against communes. Like some people do. I, I, I wish people who do that all the best of luck. Um, I think there's no reason that can't be successful. I think it's a certain type of person or personality type who might be more suited for that. And that's not me. You know, if I had to, because that was a situation, I could live wherever, but I would much prefer to have my stuff and my space, you know, and. and well, and, I mean, that that's just a music platform now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, man, I'm going to make me get all nostalgic about my space. <laughs> you can do that. We can, we can wax poetic about my space for a bit. I just want the song, the song when people come and it plays the song that you put up. Oh, that was the best. You know, I, re- yeah. I, really, I really like that. Uh, Autoplay features. You you got your edgy fucking like theme formatting on the site so that everything looks like a fucking like 90s Hot Topic shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think when I left mine, it had a Subaru WRX theme to it. That I was driving that. Why? Time. Okay. Actually, let me ask you, what the uh-huh. fuck is with Subaru and Subaru owners? Because like Subaru never tells you why you should buy their car. They never fucking tell you. I don't care that love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Shut the fuck up and because tell me every day is a winding road. Uh, Cheryl Crow taught us that in the old Subaru commercials, where it was every day is a yeah, winding that road. Was the song, song wasn't that good. <laughs> it probably wasn't. What? Um, I loved my Subaru, but it was you know I was twenty and I worked on cars and it was basically a little race car, and so it was awesome and I liked it. Um. So that was my story. Supers aren't that popular down here, but when I went up north, they were everywhere. I assume you know they have all-wheel drive. That's the that's the thing. They um and they at least when I had them, it was a very good reliable car. But it was an O2. Yeah, so well, it's been quite some time. <laughs> they they are they are okay cars if you want to mod and turn them into a rally. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, like they're not very good cars on their own. And, you know, forgive me if I don't want a car that runs on love. If you tell, if I tell you, if I'm posting a Craigslist ad and I post my Craigslist ad and I say, you know, this car is great. It's a great working condition. It runs on love. You're probably not going to think that's a great car. <laughs> These are those old Simpsons. And they had uh, who Ed Bagley Jr. Is that the old um, environmentalist guy? He had this uh, go-kart that runs on his own sense of self-satisfaction. And I always love that concept. Like, I'd love a golf cart that runs on my own smugness. You know, that's an easy that's an easy uh, emotion to work up. You know, you got to if it's going to run on an emotion, it's got to be something that's easy to work up and satisfying, you know, which love would be great. But I just can't promise that 24 hours a day, you know. Yeah, I just can't. You know, you can't you can't <laughs> level that kind of commitment. It's yeah. you got to choose between the misses and the Subaru at that point. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> how much do I have to drive? You know, it's a whole thing. So, um, yeah. yeah. And in the instance of being prepared, I probably recommend a good truck. 
Um, but I like having I like having a twofer. I like a small car that gets good gas mileage and having a, a truck because then it's best of both worlds. If you got to make tracks, you can. And if you got to make trails, you can't, you know, so well, I, I, pr- I would probably say a Jeep because you can throw a winch on that. Um, yeah, you can you can a lot of trucks. Here's and this is just because I work on car electrical systems. I just wouldn't own a Jeep or Chrysler product after like 1998. So right. Uh, but my uh, my my only has no six, and hers has been pretty good. But um, but yeah, they they were just the new ones are. I I don't know I I don't know what to to make a new car. So okay, well, you can't. There's it, a lot of it's, it's, it's like it's like a new woman. You know, it's mostly plastic. It's it's true. Um, there's a lot of very specialized maintenance. Uh, that's you know it is something you kind of have to have like a dealership like nearby. It's a lot of electronics and a lot of people, especially older car guys like myself, we poo poo that because I like being able to work on my own stuff. Uh, that's why I like my '97 Dodge, you know. Um, but but there are if you're not the type of person who works on their own car, there are a lot of benefits to the newer cars and the higher technology. But if you are somebody who likes to work on your own cars, it's it, it is tough, you know. Um, the the amount of computerization now, like I drove in a relatively new car recently that had all sorts of safety features and blah 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 that my vehicles don't have, and it was neat. I'd rented a car, so I had this thing, and it was neat, like the lane departure, and it tells you like if you drift out of the lane, like it tells you and stuff, like you know, it was kind of cool. It automatically dimmed your headlights when another car was coming, you know, stuff I've been installing on cars aftermarket for years, but um so it's it's neat honestly like if i had like a young child learning to drive i'd probably feel safer with them in one of those cars but i mean fuck man we didn't have any of that but i had a lot of friends die in car accidents so i don't know i don't know i don't know what to make of it regular yeah, fucking, point where i don't go anywhere fucking uh, com- comes <laughs> off like like uh what was that De- death proof you see that uh, mm-hmm. quentin tarantino thing no <laughs> dude okay it's fucking great so it's part of the grindhouse double feature there's death proof and there's ah oh, fuck I can't remember what the other one was, but okay so death proof, it's a cab right or mm-hmm. a, not a cab a, a car right and this car is is considered death proof and it's uh there's a scene where where this chick has her leg out the window and she's not wearing a seatbelt I think and and the guy he slams on the brakes. Because he uh, he he uh, like is a psychopath and shit, and she fucking or, or I, I, okay, just to be clear, it's been a really long time since I've seen this, <laughs> and I think that that was the case. And she like had her leg cut off by by the thing, and then like later on, they attach a gun to the end of her leg. And she's using this leg gun, like walking around on the barrel of a gun and using this leg gun to kill things. I definitely remember one of the Grindhouse movies where there's a chick with the leg gun. Um, I don't remember the thing with the car. If you're outside the protective vortex of the car. <laughs> um, I don't remember that, though. But but it, well, it is it is easy to really just think that like safety features are going to like save your life. And really, of course the answer is be a better driver, pay attention, put the phone down. Um, when you're driving in traffic, make sure you always have an out. Uh, so you're never trapped, uh, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention and pay attention to what other drivers are doing. 
you know, that's ultimately how you're safe. And that's how you should teach your kids, you know? So there, there is a lot of things like that where it's like safety features are great, but at the same time, like they make us lazy and weak. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta learn the good fundamental basics. So on that note, good fundamental preps can save your life or at the least make your life a lot more comfortable in a time of inevitable you know, uncomfort or uncertainty. So, you know, it's easy to put something like that together, guys. If you don't already have a basic prep, even if you're not in hurricane zone, I'm sure you have some sort of natural disaster that you have to worry about or economic catastrophe or government, what have you, or global, what, who's it, um, all sorts of crazy stuff. So even just, I mean, if you can just put together 10 days and then you work up to 30 days and then 60 days of like supplies, like it's, so when, when the coup started and you couldn't get toilet paper, you know, all this stuff, you know, you couldn't buy rice, all this, you know, like, let's say you just keep, you know, one extra, you know, case of toilet paper in your, in your garage, or if you have the space, hopefully, you know, whatever it's like, you just, you just don't have to worry about running out of toilet paper and something like that. And then you're also not being a burden on the system as a whole, because, you know, there's just in time, uh, supply system that we have like it works really great when there's no hiccups right <laughs> but when there's any hiccup it's a catastrophe so allow those products to be on the shelves for other people at that point so you are helping others you know you're not it's a very unselfish thing really um i've heard people say oh preppers and stuff are selfish because of whatever and this is mostly you know stupid <laughs> really really stupid writers who say things like that but i have heard that argument made and it really is unselfish because you aren't just looking after yourself you aren't just looking after your family but you're making other supplies and resources available to other people who maybe aren't prepared and have the ability to be prepared or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's my, uh, my rap on that. Well, you know, they say, um, also, I, th I think I might've been combining the two grindhouse movies because there's two of them. <laughs> and I think I can, I think I combined the plots. Because I'm I'm looking at this and it's he slams on the brake, smashing her skull on the dashboard. So I think maybe I was combining the two plots. I I could swear that she that the chick had her leg hanging out of a of a car window and it got cut off. You know, I could swear that was what happened, but maybe that was the other part of the grindhouse double feature. And yeah, like yeah, because there was a couple of the movies in there, and I remember being a little confused of the whole story the first time I watched that. The dude from yeah, Lost so was in it. Yeah. The chick the chick with the gun was Planet Terror, and that was the zombie yes. apocalypse movie. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was combining the two plots. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just had to correct the record in case there was any grindhouse fan that like was would would uh shut off the thing if I didn't correct the record. So the record let it be corrected now. But um <laughs> yeah, they, they call preppers selfish because they didn't want to make it better while they could. And also, <clears throat> you know, they talk about like you, you were talking about the water. They could get a life straw. They could get a filtration system instead of water bottles. But that yeah. just shows how how they how they act during an environmental. Yeah, situation well, like a fucking apocalypse, I, I, whatever. They're, they're going to go for what's convenient. They're not going to like. If you're in the city and like utility stop, then I mean, there might not be much of a source of water. Um, because like that's our thing is like we couldn't pull water if there's no power because we use a well. So, I mean, we could go down to a lake or something and use life straw, of course. Like, there is water, you know. Um, they're just, I, I don't even know if they'd, 
<laughs> I don't even know if they know what to do in the in Tampa. Anyway, I'm just mean to interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. Well, also you could put a like we were talking before the show about like mining cryptos, and you could put a uh, a wind turbine on your property. And if you ask me, that would probably do pretty well during a hurricane. <laughs> Assuming it's still there after the hurricane, yeah. Depending on how bad you get hit, yeah. <laughs> Well, a lot that's of people why you would get one of those drop them they probably drop them during a hurricane but after the hurricane it work fine you know well like if you get one of the cylinder windy. ones yeah uh then it would have a lower profile and less chance of getting destroyed well the, you know the hurricane itself only lasts a short period you know a few hours or something so you know or you know let's say 12 hours or let's say 24 hours the most let's say you took your wind turbine down you know, like you could live for 24 hours without your wind turbine off or whatever you know but you can always put it back up especially after if you got battery backups it, exactly and then after the hurricane when you don't have power for a week that's when your wind turbine comes in really handy so i've had this so i'm you know a bit of an environmentalist but i don't like environmentalists i've been over that plenty of times but Whenever it's it's really frustrating because people just get so anti environmentalist, you know. So it makes it really hard to have a conversation with people sometimes. And case in point, I was um, uh, mentioning to somebody, oh yeah, you know, I want to do this like backup power thing, wind turbine, solar, and batteries to power all my chest freezers, so I just never have to worry about them. Blah blah. And they start going off, and how it'll never pay for itself, and blah blah blah, and it's a waste. And I'm like, okay, like okay, power. I get my power for about ten cent a kilowatt hour, you know, um, through the power lines. It's pretty expensive. So yeah, 10 cent a kilowatt hour at just powering my freezers. Yeah, maybe those things will never uh, pay for themselves. But when we run out of power for, we don't have power for a week because of a hurricane and I don't have to lose all my meat and stuff in my freezers, that value of power is no longer 10 cent a kilowatt hour. It could be a dollar or more, you know, per kilowatt hour. Easy. So it's like, you know, you really have to look at things like in, as a situational thing, you know, I don't know if fields of wind turbines and solar panels are this green energy solution that we all need. Somehow I don't feel that, but I, in certain situations, solar power, solar battery and wind is amazing. And I think in a, for a, a survival kind of situation, a prepper kind of thing for security, if I just had, if I could just pull, you know, 800 Watts of power constantly out of the wind and sun on my property. If we were to lose power for a long period of time, we would be much more comfortable, much safer. I would not lose all my product, you know, and that's not a huge amount of power. So just having that kind of security is awesome. And then the other example I bring up all the time is if you're building a building and it's like 50 miles away from civilization, why would you run 50 miles of power lines? Why wouldn't you just do like then like a solar thing? Like then that makes all the sense in the world, you know? Uh, So you know, especially if you get cylinders, because like that's yeah. the thing. People think, oh, it's a wind turbine. I have to be- have one of those big ass uh, three bladed or right. more, you know, things that that like kill birds in the middle of the desert. Like, you know, you don't have to like you can just get cylinders and it is an like, extra food source. So, <laughs> yeah, well, if you're OK, I with know, that's, that's a joke. I know I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing though i am okay with pulling bones out because i eat mm-hmm. bones anyway i i consume oh, yeah. bones like you know me I, i've got my big bags of bones and i and i regularly process them down into bone broth so hell yeah i don't know that, yeah, that might not be as much of a distractor yeah <laughs> uh chicken feet broth is a definitely a one of, one of my favorites i think we've talked about that too so makes good stuff yeah well i i I don't do chicken feet because I don't have it or need it. 
Um, I, I, I eat enough like thighs and drumsticks that like I, I come out with a ton of bones on a regular basis and I can just process them down. Do you toast your bones first <clears throat> in the oven? Some people do no. that. I don't know if they do it for flavor or if they do it for another reason, though. I don't know why they do it either. I, I only heard about that like, you know, a couple months ago after my mm. most recent batch. Um, you know, I, I only heard about that then because like people were talking about it after I brought up bone broth. But like, <clears throat> you know, I, I feel like the process is maybe maybe if if you if you were to ask me why they do that. It might be to like he like thoroughly heat the impurities off of it. Um, sure. Actually, while 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 you vamp for a bit, I'll I'll look up why they do that. But like I haven't done it, and I've been pretty much fine. So, um, yeah. So of course, in hard times, you're gonna have to start using all the parts of the animal, right? So, <laughs> you know, making use of the bones and stuff uh, is is a good way to go. Uh, one of the things that I always recommend to people is like when you buy chicken, like instead of buying chicken parts, which is fine, you know, if, if you have a need to that, but like if you buy whole birds, a lot of times you can get them at like a cheaper per pound price. And then you have a lot of extras that you get to use if you know what to do with them, like the, uh, the back, the skin, the bones, um, some of the organs, et cetera. You know, you can make, uh, you can make broth stocks, soups, gravies, etc. So it really, I was to get healthy or to be more self-sufficient, all that you have to learn how to cook. So if you don't know how to cook, like learn, uh, and you know, it's better. It's better all around for sure. How are we so, doing? Is that enough vamping? They, what I'm reading on Bon Appetit is that, um, they say you should blanch your bones. Um, and they say that should be done before roasting and that roasting should definitely be done in order to create deeper flavor. So what they suggest the is, um, yeah. So you, uh, you bring the, the like bones in water to a boil and then let them cook at an aggressive simmer for 20 minutes before draining and roasting. So you, you blanch the bones before you do that. I feel like that wouldn't be necessary though. And they say, um, you know, they they like if you think bone broth is too funky, you probably had to suffer through a mug or bowl that was made without blanching. Um, so they say a real bone broth is made with bones and cuts of meat high in collagen like marrow, knuckles and feet. While beef is the meat most people associate with bone broth, it can also be made with lamb, pork, chicken, well, you name it. So uh, that um and apparently they say that it should get gelatinous at room temperature, which freaks some people out, I guess. I didn't know that, but like, I, stuff, it might, man, That's well, I know it's well, good. My, the, I knew that it gelatinized. I didn't know that people got upset about it, I guess. So yeah, people have weird food stuff, dude. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's how, that's how you know it's good, man. Um, and you, what's something figured. else you can do is you can bulk make it, put it in Mason jars and freeze it. You just there's usually a line on the mason jar. I know glass and all that, but yes, you can freeze mason jars. Um, but you don't put the lid on all the way, and you don't fill it all the way to the top. You need some headspace. Um, but freeze it, and then you put the lid on. 
and you could freeze them and put them in a put them in jars. And if you have a canning kit, you can actually can it too in in jars and just have it on tap. So because it, it's a it's the kind of thing it's it's just so much easier to make it in bulk like a couple times a year or whatever too than like every time you break a chicken down. <laughs> like my mom, she breaks a chicken down, puts the back in the freezer once she has you know half a dozen does a batch uh, and you know you can put all your little bits and pieces and whatever in there and you can make like some really good like stocks and stuff and it's a good base for food yeah, when you make rice instead of using water use three quarters stock and one quarter water and it's like the rice is like a meal you know it's really good yeah and well you know because normally i'll uh i have used yogurt containers that like have the container and the lid so mm -hmm. there's no point in throwing that out it's a fine mm -hmm. container which is why it had yogurt in it. And so I can throw some bone broth in like one of those yogurt containers and throw that in the freezer and then have another yogurt container with some of it that uh, that that the broth is just in. And I don't just boil it for the collagen either. I don't boil it for the gel. What I do is I boil it for a really, really long time with salt and uh, apple cider vinegar. And um, I do that so that the bones themselves start to dissolve. And I don't just have the collagen layer. I have a thick layer of bone paste on the top. And that bone paste is like, you know, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, zinc. It's like a bunch of things that most people would throw out even if they're making bone broth. Like the the ramen recipes from east asia they um they they tell you to scrape off all the all the the stuff off the top and and to not let it get too like too pasty they want it to run clear and i'm like no um i i, I i'm doing this so that i don't waste the bones i'm not just doing this for flavor and the bones impart flavor anyway so fucking I don't know why I would do that. <laughs> so I, I I keep the bones. I boil them. I boil my bone broth for like 20 hours, um, you know, or at least as close to that as I can get. And then I've got this really thick collagen stuff with this bone paste floating on top. And um, and it's the entire bone boiled down into it. I'm kind of surprised they throw that away. They tend to be pretty, um, pretty ballsy with their food choices over there in Asia, uh, for sure. I've been to some uh, Korean barbecue places, and I see the stuff that rolls by on that conveyor. <laughs> well, they, they, I, I don't think they throw it out because they don't. They're concerned. I think mm -hmm. they throw it out because they want the ramen broth to be clear. Like there's some artistic. Oh, uh, I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. That makes sense. But like, I don't care, and I'm a filthy American. We were at one of those places and I was having a conversation and not paying attention. And the wife hands me something off of the conveyor and she's like, oh, here, it's like chocolate, you know, for dessert. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I take a bite of it and I'm halfway into taking a bite of it. I realize that it's not chocolate. And recalling the menu, I realize it's gelatinated pig blood. So, mm -hmm. um, but of course, not wanting to, you know, look like a weenie in front of a group of people. I chewed, I chewed and swallowed that bite of gelatinated pig blood like a man. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time though. It's a good story. Remind, reminds me of when I, um, but I didn't, I knew about it. I, uh, I, I got partially paid for a job by the, like this South American family with a uh, seasoned cow's blood. 
and uh, it, it was like a large container of it. I'm not sure if it was pure blood or if it was just like if it was blood mixed into something else, but I chugged it and I felt powerful for like three days. Cool. So that's how you get their soul. I mean, and <laughs> and I had been working for like all day pretty much with very few breaks. And so like this hit my my, my system really mm-hmm. fucking hard. Um, I, I was a little concerned because I don't know the health of drinking pure blood if that's what it was. But like, I feel like it probably wasn't because that's how you get consumption if you drink your own. So I I eat chicken liver sometimes from our chickens. Um, not all, but when I, I'll sear them real quick, they're not they don't taste. But I feel good after I eat them, you know, so I don't know, you know, if there's something there or what. And I have friends who like they won't they eat. Like we processed the pig and they took like the kidneys and the, you know, all, all that stuff. I didn't try any of it more power to them. Um, but I have eaten most of the little weird things in the chicken like once, but like, like the heart and stuff, it's just, I don't know. It's some of it's mental, you know what I mean? You know, you know, that you're eating a heart and it's just kind of weird, but. Well, for yeah. other people possibly, cause I've had this issue since I was 14 that when I see gore, I get very hungry. So. I see <laughs> organs and I'm probably gonna get hungry. Um Primal. although on the surpri- on the surprise thing score, uh, a funny story is that I was eating in a Japanese restaurant when I was real young with a family, and I, I like avocado. I always mm-hmm. have. And I thought, hey, they handed us some green shit. I didn't know they had this avocado here. And I said, Hey, great, that avocado. And my family was like, yeah, go for it. And they knew what it was. And they didn't tell me that it was wasabi paste. Oh. And so they watched as I put this wasabi paste full on in my mouth. I can still vaguely taste it. Is this what did it to you, Jeremiah? Is this is this, is this why you're who you are? Is it this? <laughs> nah, that's a, that's a long series of other problems. Um, but oh, yeah, man. like I was, I was like coughing and fucking like That's shedding mean, tears because <laughs> I was like, you know, I was, I was a really young kid. My, my taste buds had not become acclimated, but now, you know, Hey, actually for the purposes of this story, I actually have some reapers. I'll take a bite of this on, on the podcast here. Oh, mercy. But it gave you a good inoculation at a at a young age. It, you <laughs> yeah, know, I I've always, just been bitten by ever since. <laughs> I always like kind of like spicy stuff, you know. But I did notice I built a tolerance. Like it used to take me a while to like finish off a bottle of sriracha, and now it's like a month, <laughs> you know. So or whatever hot sauce uh, uh, du jour that I happen to have. So yeah, we've uh, we got. God. Well, we'll what, uh, we'll you, we'll make Jeremiah tell us news after he uh after he eats this. Yeah. Uh. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Harding, and this is a Gorus Nexus. That is a yeah, jackass I, reference. If I uh, hope, hope somebody got it. <laughs> yeah, you can get these for really cheap on Amazon. So that's what I did. I got two pouches. I put two Those of are Carolina them in my batch. What are they yeah. dried? They're just like dried or something, dehydrated. Yeah, and it's it's still it's still hot, but like manageable. Okay, the capsaicin. Like, I guess what I guess when you don't have the oil, because the capsaicin oil, I think, is really what makes it hot. Like, because it sticks oh, to you, right. The, the oil reconstitutes. It's reconstituting oh. in my mouth right now. <laughs> There's a reconstitution in your mouth, and everyone's invited. 
Oh yeah. Right. And unlike the, <laughs> unlike the normal constitution, it's yeah. it's something I consented to. <laughs> something you can really sink your teeth into. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. All right. I'm done with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm done with the hot buns. Oh shoot! All right, yeah, man. It's, so it's, it's hot. It's it's it was for a bit there the hottest pepper in the world, but it is no longer. It's been knocked down by Pepper X. Oh really? I didn't catch that news. Interesting. Yeah, but but it's still hot. Like I'm uncomfortable yeah. right now for sure. I'm sure that's too hot for me. Habanero is too hot for me. You know what's a trip though, is that um capsaicin doesn't affect birds. So like I throw a habanero to my chickens and watch them just eat it and like it's nothing because you know like oh it gives me the willies. How many habaneros in uh, Carolina Reaper? Oh, the Skullville units. So. I think like Carolina Reaper is like over a million or something insane. Carolina Reaper has a Scoville rating of 1.569300 on average, while Habanero has a rating of 100,000. Okay. This is like this is like a hundred this is like 150 times hotter than uh, a Habanero. Okay. All right, cool. You should But I'm some. calm, as you can yeah. tell. Yeah, I want to. When I get a place of my own, feel free to uh, donate to Agorist Nexus if you want to support authors like us. Um, when I get a place of my own, I plan to for sure. But I'm not going to grow anything here. Only like move out because I hate the place. Yeah. All right. So um, why don't we move on to some news, man? What do um what do we yeah. want to start with? Well, let's start with the Russia Russia situation because I think you wanted to talk some about that, like about Russia's tactical retreat. Well, so we were talking a little bit before the show about some of this and sort of some, I guess, like mirroring of the past, you know, with sort of what's going on over there now. And like, well, I I, I never know what to make of anything in the news. I feel like that, that yeah, like the... I, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> but like I, I definitely feel that like they really want to make it seem like uh Russia's doing a lot more poorly than they are in in this war or whatever. Uh they I, I don't know, man. I don't really know what the general vibe among people is. I see some we stand with Ukraine stuff, you know, around. I think that most people is just the whatever of the day and they don't really know what's going on. But like gotta I don't rally know, the troops. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like whenever there's something you you need a war. Whenever there's something else going on, that's always the big distraction, right? It sort of seems like that's that's routine. But like with this, I don't know if it's that we're like again. I, I, I'm re- so, sorry, man. I'm having a hard time with this one. It's just the the whole because even talking about like World War Two, it's like it's not World War Two. It's like well. You got to go back a decade before that. And then that's, you got to go back a decade before that. And, you know, until you're Woodrow Wilson. And then I'm sure there's stuff even before him, you know, that started contributing to that sort of stuff. So there's just, there's just so much, you know, I was. So I'm not sure how to, how to proceed with this line of thinking. There's. It's just such a weird time. Let me say, okay. Let me say like America. Okay. 
World War II happened, and supposedly there was an enemy, and there was a good guy, and this and that. But as we talked about on the show, right? Like, okay, so like the there was you know like the Nazis or Germany, and they were the bad guys, and we were the good guys. But as with like Operation Paperclip and what Cyclone and all this stuff, you know, they're it, it's like we were all just sort of the same group from the get go. It's like it's almost like mm-hmm. this. This was just Prescott a big re- Bush and Thyssenkrupp. Yeah, Union but Bank before- Corporation. World War Two, and you look at um, you look at uh, um, who's the CIA guy? Um, why can't I think of his name? There's the air- airports named after Dulles. Um, you know the Dulleses and stuff. Yeah, like like these guys, like they were just oh man, this shit's going down in um in Germany. Looks like we might be having a war. Don't worry, guys, we're gonna work with you and keep all of our interests in line. Blah blah blah. So it's like almost like it wasn't really an enemy. It was just like a big restructuring of power. Boogeyman, you know. Yeah, it was just that all this happened, and then there was just a big restructuring of power. It wasn't a real war. It wasn't like a winner and a loser. It was just like a whole big restructuring. Is is that that's what I feel? But my history along these lines and at these times is a little a little poor. But from the more I've been learning about it uh, lately, that's really the feeling I'm getting. Uh, and now I know that my big patch of ums and uhs and uh i don't know what i'm saying here the past five minutes was a little confusing but are you sort of getting the gist of what i'm trying to say and do you think i'm on to anything so there? yeah because you started out with people like prescott bush mm-hmm. who's the grandfather of uh bush jr right like w he was helping the nazis launder their money he was union bank corporation uh, he was the guy who founded that, uh, one of the founding members. And that bank would help Germans hide their gold, help them uh, like move their money, help them fund their concentration camps and whatever else they were building. That would help them uh, run their entire evil empire. Uh, he also had shares in Thyssenkrupp. And Thyssenkrupp was a German steel company. And German steel was needed to uh, put people on railroads. So without his whole deal there, the uh, the West would not have had a boogeyman. So Prescott Bush helps them build their boogeyman. So does Bear. So does IBM. So does Henry Ford. So does Disney. So does all these corporations. And people say, oh, Disney, he had that Donald Duck cartoon. So he couldn't have been pro-Nazi. Propaganda doesn't work that way, especially when the propaganda is. I'm sweating a little. Nazis when wear prop- pants. All right, it's very well known. Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. Ergo, yeah, right? can't be Nazi. Yeah, and their and their pants were made by Hugo Boss. So, <laughs> um, you know the the um, like oh Disney can't be a not well he was a massive anti semite, and Disney would regularly run screenings for Nazi movies, so. Yeah, he he was a fucking Nazi, too. They were all Nazis. America was full of Nazis. America loved Nazis. And Hitler even learned some of his eugenics ideas from America. Yeah, no kidding. So like the whole right. The whole (laughs) the whole thing was like designed from the start, you know, and then we get into World War Two and it's an excuse for all these companies to massively ramp up shit. You know, even Coca-Cola tacitly accepted nazis by having an entire drink made so that they could still sell coke products in germany fanta Mm -hmm. was just nazi coke nazi coke but orange flavored 
That's what Fanta was. And so all of these things uh, were there at the framework, at the at the foundation thing. And the U.S. was making a bunch of racist propaganda, which would now get anybody canceled. And it was OK to use slurs and it was OK and all this stuff. And they were, you know, still experimenting on black people and still, you know, being massively racist at home and fucking rent running their own concentration camps, which uh, American citizens were being sent off to right and you know they did all of this shit um in you know an effort to build up the base and then they had the bundeswehr after the war because they had nazis who could spy on who, who, who sorry who could who could help fight russia post-war and they they had NATO high ranking generals creating the Bundeswehr who were ex Nazis who were in the Wehrmacht and shit like that, and then all this shit ramps up uh, the production of domestic war supplies, which helps the military industrial complex here. That's why Greylock Partners exists, which partially invested in Facebook because they're all about helping military projects and the U.S. government in general, you know. But they also had the Galen org, which was Reinhard Galen. Um, and Reinhard Galen was also a Nazi. And they said, hey, you had a spy network that was spying on Russia. Do you mind getting your spy network back up and going again so that we could, you know, get the boys back together so that we could use your expertise on spying on Russia? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'd help you spy on Russia. And and then after he spied on Russia for a bit, he uh he had uh, some rat lines that he built and uh, got the Germans out of uh, Germany through uh, these rat lines and put them in South America in places like Argentina, which is why you occasionally find Nazi homes there with big Nazi caches of Nazi memorabilia and shit like that, because they were all uh, rat lined out of Germany and they got to escape. And it's also why they got all these uh, movements globally and why there's still problems with Nazis everywhere because the U.S. government helps them escape. I wonder why they would do that and I wonder why they would hire them in NASA. I wonder why they would do all this if they truly hated Nazis and the Nazis were truly some exclusively terrible enemy. Well, it's because they were terrible, but so was the U.S. government and they were racist eugenicists as well. So it's like, lots of a feather flock together and kill minorities, you know. Yeah, wholesome weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, I just don't believe for a second that it was unintentional or, like, a whoopsie. You know, I don't believe that the U.S. government, you know, like, accidentally created the new paradigm for new Nazis. I think that it was sort of a plan all along and that the whole thing was laundering and building up enterprise. And for those of you listening on audio, I am still breathing a little weird because of the Reaper, but it's mostly died down at this point. <laughs> We're professionals here. So <laughs> um, you know and 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 hey, that's why NATO and the not and 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 uh, the the Nazis that are still in the lineage of NATO in the West are uh so okay with funding the Azov Battalion C14 right sector and Svoboda and all these people in Ukraine who would be considered domestic terrorists if they were funded here. Um, like the ADL and, you know, SPLC can cry about these symbols and like, oh, he used this symbol. He must be a white supremacist. He, he drank milk on a stream once. He must be a white supremacist, you know, all this stuff. But now 
that the Azov Battalion has a fucking son in red and a Vosongel in their in their symbol. We're not allowed to talk about it anymore because the U.S. is funding those people and they're just the cuddly Nazis. Like, you know, actually, I I wrote tweets on that this morning that I I can read. They're just like three brief tweets here, but um. I I wrote tweets because these things were trending and I wanted to see if I could hijack a trend. I sometimes I'm I'm capable of doing that. Um most of the time it doesn't work, but it's sort of like, you know, uh Robert Heinlein quote, you know, don't certainly the game is rigged. Don't let that stop you if you don't bet you can't win. Uh so I wrote uh, American Democrats like to talk about fascism in the far right, but only to point at the other guy. Meanwhile, the other guy would have nowhere near as much power to enact fascist policy without things like Joe Biden's Patriot Act, his crime bill, or his police overfunding. If the world wonders why America is so eager, eager to hand money to a bunch of people they would put on Nazi wash lists were they domestic, they should realize the answer is in the question. They don't actually oppose Nazis. Some of them aren't that different. World War II never ended. You can run campaigns partially on Trump enabling bigotry and saying, very fine people about Charlottesville and Proud Boys, but we now have Democrats literally funding, arming, and training Nazis and saying some of them are heroes and none of you give a shit. Never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the um hypocrisy is the right word here, you know, but it's just lack of consistency. Maybe that's the way to say it. You know, it, it just it just really exposes that it's I don't know. People don't mean what they say. You know, people have a feeling and they try and roll with that, maybe. So answer me this then. Why? Okay, so we had the claim, right? Okay, whatever. Russia is communist and communism is bad. So Russia bad. Um, Even though it wasn't. And Emma Goldman can attest to that. Right, right. And like, so that's like, so let's say that was the whether it was real or not, whatever. That was sort of what we were rolling with for a while. Um, Cold War kind of ends in the, let's say, the 80s. Why? are we and by we of course i mean um the uh the world government you know <laughs> united states empire what have you why are are we just trying to to build up a war for let's say profit and distraction against russia or is there some reason that we don't like russia that we want to fuck with russia are they just an easy boogeyman or is there an actual reason easy boogeyman territory because the west does what russia is doing now all the time and doesn't mm-hmm. get sanctioned yeah like, oh boy do they yeah. And because if they really give a shit about humanitarian things, they wouldn't be selling five billion in weapons to Saudi Arabia like it, it's it, so the Cold War never really ended. World War Two never really ended. It's just all a continuation of the same thing. Like the CIA sort of sprung into existence to deal with a communist threat. And ever since they've been there, they've been uh like funding groups and things in order to uh sort of excuse their existence make make it so that mm-hmm. they can stay in power stay doing what they're doing so like <clears throat> you know cia funded uh reinhardt galen's nazi spy organization the cia funded the mujahideen in afghanistan with cyclone the CIA funded the MK Ultra programs because Russia is scary. So Reinhard Galen's organization was like, you know, we we gotta fight Russia. Um, the Cyclone stuff was Afghanistan is fighting Russia. The uh the NASA stuff was uh we had we need to get into space in order to fight Russia. 
So we'll paperclip some CIA paperclip some Nazis in so that we can fight Russia in space too. And we'll CIA some Nazis to fight Russia. We'll CIA some Mujahideen to fight Russia. We'll do all these things to fight Russia. And it's just designed to keep them perpetually relevant. And now, like for, for about a decade now, the CIA has been working with Ukrainians too. Like they literally did that. They they there there's news coverage you can read. Um you know, even in mainstream outlets, if you know where to look, about how the uh, people on the ground there were talking about being trained, armed, and funded by the CIA in the West. Um, and and so the CIA literally created this too, and now they're, you know, using them to fight Russia. And it's always to fight Russia, to fight Russia, to fight Russia. We need communism stopped. Or like in, in terms of like communism in general, oh yeah, we need to stage a coup to oust Allende uh, and, and install Pinochet. We need to, you know, run an ouster for Castro and constantly try to assassinate him with a bunch of increasingly insane methods like poisoning his cigars or having an exploding cigar or whatever. Yeah. Like, you Hiring, know, we, uh, Jack Ruby to uh, assassinate him. <laughs> we need to help fund the Ira- Iranians um, like and, and also help support the Contras in Nicaragua because they're far right, too, so that we can have uh, cocaine imported into our inner cities and have an excuse for domestic surveillance um, and control. And all these things are just designed to keep the U.S. government programs relevant which means to me that the Cold War never actually ended. It just seemed like it ended so that it could give Americans a satisfying enough conclusion that they would stay subscribed to the program instead of saying, how many episodes can we stretch this show on for? It's it's funny. I was talking to somebody this morning about this. And I was like, I was really trying to put it into words, but it's kind of along the same lines. It's like, I always wonder how much, you know, we... Okay, so history, especially history that we learn in like school, right, is only government events, right? That's what history is, right? It's only a government event, right? Which, of course, is complete bullshit, you know? And it leaves us talking about people who are fucking worthless while the people who actually grind it out, make the world work, get left behind. But at any rate, um, but in that sense, like history, like what we think of history as like certain events, you know, we think of events that like change the course of history, you know? And I kind of sometimes like, man, it's like, are they really changing the course of history or is it really just changing what, how we're recording history? Like from that point, you know what I mean? It's like, I wonder how much effect on the actual, obviously some events have an actual effect on um, acts and decisions that people make in the future. You know, I think a lot of times it's just the reporting on those events that make those changes. And it's, and of course, these are things that are kind of like, we, we don't really know the, we don't know what would have happened if this event hadn't have happened, right? We don't, we don't know what would have happened, how people would have reacted, what would have happened the next day, you know, how this other government or country would have reacted. But then to add another layer on top of that, we don't know how much of it's fucking real and not just fucking made up and bullshit by these fucking governments anyhow, as to these events that actually happened versus how much of it's orchestrated, you know, but it's just the, the, the older I get and the more shit that I see and the more shit that I read, the more I'm just like, it's not like like it's not real right like it's they're, they're manufactured they're, yeah it's just so so manufactured everything the, the narrative to the history to the thing to where and i think this gets people even like liberty people that i really like you know i think it gets them on some fucked up lines of thinking too um because it gets very binary well 
we look at the past and this happened. So obviously we have, you know, the, we have to do the opposite of that this time or anybody who's against this event must be on our side. You know, it's kind of like the equivalent, like, you know, the Lobert kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, like, um, we, you know, oh, just because I, I, I don't know, man, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's just been very tough and I've sort of been so- trying to figure that out. And I've just been really sorry. Well, it's, it's, I know this is terrible. Propaganda. I'm just, I'm, I'm working it out on the show here with you guys. So bear with me. <laughs> it's propaganda. It's mm-hmm. a lot to parse, you know, yeah. and that's, that's part of the thing. Like that, when you realize that it's all propaganda, you realize that, for instance, this thing where Russia is starting to lose, like, no, the the Western media wants to make it seem that way temporarily so that they get excuses for more funding when they're like, you know, already living like so much money hand over fist to these people like it, fucking literal Nazis getting freed from 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 uh from Russian custody are getting called heroes by the West by Western press like guys who've posed proudly alongside Sonin Rad, uh, guys who, you know, who've been key members and commanders of the Azov Italians for, for the Azov Italian for like a decade now, right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole, I mean, not quite a decade, but basically a decade. Um, the whole thing is designed to keep people forgetting who these people are. And, you know, being accepting of the fact that they've got tens of billions of dollars coming to them while 20 billion would solve homelessness annually, you know, like, so you've got to make them seem like they're like they're winning because then you can continue to hand money to these people because all we need is a little more. And then it's just all we need (laughs) is a little more. All we need is a little more. We're winning. We promise all we need is a little more. Um, you know, because then it seems like your money isn't going to waste if it is going to these people, because if it's going to these people and it's going to waste, then you might as well not send it. But if it's mm-hmm. going to these people and it's not going to waste, it justifies sending more, according to the people who don't understand the situation fully. You know, like. That's what it is. So they want Russia to seem like they're losing and simultaneously They'll blame climate change for their reason for the for the high energy prices and the energy shutoffs, and they won't in in Eastern Europe, and they won't admit that the real reason it's happening is because Russia is shutting off the natural gas pipeline that the West has relied on for a significant fucking period of time. So it's like Russia is 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 creating economic pressure. They're shutting off their natural gas pipeline, and Eastern Europe will be absolutely fucked in winter think, because it's supposed to be a really like, cold winter do you think people are like gonna die and shit because of that you think it's actually gonna be like because i've yes. heard that i mean obviously it makes sense like yes like they need that energy like it's yeah, that's that's gonna happen though right <laughs> like I, I don't mean sanctions are an active war yeah i'm just like that's just like <sighs> and then that's crazy because it's like they're doing that to themselves yeah but then but are they really in control right which goes back to our whole thing of like it's just one big the devil's chessboard dude you know to use the title of that book man it's um it it really does just seem that that way because otherwise why would like germany cut off their own supply to you know what their people need to live like um oh well their own accord germany see see but so germany put sanctions on russian oil 
but mm -hmm. Germany is part of this whole like block, right? So if Russia shuts it off from their end, the whole block suffers and Germany can't uh, rely on things from other people either. And so the whole point is to say, hey, you want to start cutting us off, we'll cut you off. And the U.S. has this massive boogeyman still. And that's why they're trying to make everybody afraid of nuclear war because, oh, they want to take this plant and blow it up or, you know, cause some sort of you know, shit. They, they, they want to fucking the next Chernobyl in Ukraine. Um, but A, that's not going to happen because Russia knows what that means. And B, they've been screaming about nuclear shit from the fucking start and it hasn't happened yet. And then tertiarily, the whole point of this war is to build the new Ukraine, which will be a smart Ukraine where the entire globe can have digital citizenship if they apply. If they apply. So you can apply after this whole thing is over to become, and this is something they have admitted to. I am quoting their ministers on this subject. I'm not creating fake news, right? This is, you know, and I only say it in that frantic, kind of irritated way because. So many people accused me of it when I talked about it and I fucking quoted their people on it. You know, fucking shut the fuck. So just to be super clear, that's what's happening. And they're saying we're going to create this new uh, Ukraine. It's going to be AI facial recognition. It's going to be central currency. It's going to be you can start a business or buy a real property from your green phone. Green energy. All green energy. Yeah. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything's going to be AI, AI courts. Your 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 fate might be decided by an AI court system, and oh. you know all of that uh, compiled with um, the the uh, infrastructure to fit into a global CBDC system and digital fucking citizenship, where anybody and everybody can be a citizen if they want anywhere in the world. That's what they've been wanting. It's been their plan for a while. And so they created it, right? They created this catastrophe so that they could destroy it. And then the reformation will include infrastructure efforts to set up the new smart utopia right on Russia's doorstep. Um, and this smart utopia will be a dystopia because we both know how that's going to turn out, because we're based and Chad-pilled enough to have read my articles on the Great Reset and the COVID-19 panopticon. And they'll do all of this so that they have the ability to centrally control the economy and also the e-citizenship of foreign nations. The globalists are going to reel in, write in globalism on the back of everybody getting e-citizenship and you know, we're all global citizens and uh, but like the common person's going to get fucked over. Like I went I went over this in a video about how cashless society is going to help the rich and kill the poor, Um, you know, but people aren't supposed to care about that. So I'm being terrible. I'm being terrible, even suggesting that this is a planned conflict, you know, and that's why the CIA was involved from the start. I'm terrible. Nobody should listen to me. In fact, I should be censored and maybe even killed. Just putting it out there. If you want to get rid of me, you'll probably have to do that um, because I'm not going to stop, even though I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. Don't listen to me. I'm wrong. <laughs> He's being facetious, guys. Continue listening, please. Our lives depend on it. Um, yeah, so right? 
<laughs> and, um, and hit that donate. We've got a fundraiser for a documentary. We've got a donate button. We've got subscribe star. Um, you can get a custom role in our Discord server if you support us by any of those. Like we have options. Go yeah. ahead though. Oh no, no I was just gonna say. Um, I um, was there anything else on that? We should probably move on to Iran if we're gonna cover Iran. Um, but if you had any other thoughts on uh, I mean. Yeah, because the Iran situation is basically just um, Maza Amini, if I remember mm-hmm. her name correctly, was was offed by the morality police as they're being like jokingly referred. Um, and she was offed because they beat her until she was unconscious and later died because, you know, so they murdered her. And I'm not, by the way, I do not minimize that. It's awful. It's a tragedy. It's government oppression in its rawest form. It's evil and brutal. I'm prefacing that by saying uh, that because I feel like what what is super required here is to be on a similar page. Uh, When I start saying things like the only reason they don't care about other people in the region is because those those countries have like central banks and are part of the hegemony. So like there's a bunch of women cutting their hair and protesting and there's like protests and cop cars being vandalized, which based but like this has been happening so much and everywhere that when this stuff starts to become popular in places like iran i'm like well why not saudi arabia well because saudi arabia even though they're committing a genocide in yemen regularly kill homosexuals and women um and just executed um 81 people in a mass execution um including 41 people who were just political dissident protesters even though they hacked jamal khashoggi to pieces even though all these things are true you're not allowed to say them uh, about saudi arabia or have global protests about saudi arabia because if you do um you know you're you're talking against one of the people the sovereign wealth fund uh enables uh like facebook google uh boeing like so many examples of companies that just directly benefited from Saudi Arabian money. And so they're doing all of this and we're just supposed to sit back and say, yeah, that's acceptable um, because it's not Iran. Iran comparatively, if I understand correctly, does less of this kind of thing, but it all gets publicized more because the West doesn't fully control them yet. Um, A couple things here real quick, if you don't mind. Um, so they're protesting. So this woman got beaten and killed by the morality police and they're protesting because of that. I, I was thinking they were protesting yes. and they killed her because of them. OK, so they're protesting because that happened. Um, so like to to make your point, even like the fact that they are even able to protest, like without just all being murdered, like. It's some, it's, if well, it's there have a... been a lot of people killed during the protest, just to be mm-hmm. clear. Like, I think 30 sure. plus the last time I checked. Okay. But I guess, like, like a race, like, I guess, like, they could just. But that would happen in Saudi down. Arabia, too. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> also, it... fun fact I just touched my eye with Carolina Reaper, so I shouldn't have oh, done that. Oh, no, you should but not. But either have. way, either way, the point <laughs> is that, like, you know, they, they have this issue um, because of, like, you know, I think Western influence has has really ramped things up in the region because the West has been wanting to control that place for a while. You know, even Donnie drain the swampy Trumpy, Trumpy daddy, 
he fucking killed one of their generals in plain daylight and nothing because they they have no global power their hegemony is not uh, they, they, they aren't part of the global hegemony that the US is the head of but Saudi Arabia is part of it they're the richest royal family on the planet like the house of saud um and so you don't get to bring up that the house of saud um gave a huge amount of money to facebook uh, that the that one of the princes prince Awalid bin talal um was like a huge investor in twitter and at one point had more money invested in twitter than jack dorsey making him the guy who basically ran the joint you know in terms of decision making power and that might be why places like twitter um somehow all of the saudi arabian accounts aren't joining people in pride month Somehow they're not joining people in Women's Month. I wonder fucking why. Maybe it's because the West props up those people while they continue to commit heinous human rights abuses um, and, you know, oppose the basic, you know, civil decency um, that should be granted to these minorities, you know, because they don't have to give a shit. And because on Twitter at least, and on, you know, all these places, it's okay to be against minorities as long as you're on the side of the U.S. That's why the Ukrainian uh, neo-Nazis got to post a video of them loading up a bunch of bullets with lard to kill Kadyrov orcs. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're Muslim, and it's okay to shoot Muslims with lard bullets and keep your blue check on Twitter. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, it's a mess. I uh, speaking of um propaganda and stuff, I watched a little bit of Fox News this week, um, which is always just like it's it's just as shitty, but it is so much more entertaining than the other the other side of the news. I gotta say that, even though I know both the same shit, but um, <laughs> I just say this thing is. I mean, I'm sorry. Let's say anything else with 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 Iran. Um, and go ahead. Otherwise, uh, I mean, that's here. basically it. if you really care about women. Oh, also, if you care about women and you're a true ally of social justice, be sure to subscribe to my new email newsletter. There will be a link in the description. I'm going to rant and rave about a bunch of shit. And there's an email about this that I will link there. And so you can hit the you can you can put your email in there if you want, uh, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, if you just want a good summary of the situation. Go ahead, though. We can Shit move jam, on. Buddy. Um, OK, so I was just, well, this. I thought of this like three topics ago, um, this thing. I wanted to bring it up. It was funny to me anyhow. But because um, you mentioned we've been talking about propaganda. You mentioned homelessness and stuff. And one of the segments in this Fox News, um, they were out in San Francisco or Portland or one of these, you know, places where it's just basically tent cities, you know. And there was this video of this guy taking of a homeless man, you know, on the sidewalk, pooping in a, tr in a grocery bag and then flinging it at people, you know. And... So obviously this man has problems, right? One way or another. But so Fox News goes out to interview the man, the homeless man who was flinging the poop. And like, they're trying to like seriously interview this guy who is kind of ranting and raving, you know, because he's has problems, right? But just like the serious, yeah. they tried to interview the guy and then like back at the thing, like analyze his answers. You know, he said he's paralyzed, but he looks like he's walking around just fine to me. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, he's living on the street, pooping in a bag and hurling it at people. You're not getting like a good interview out of this dude. I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, but it was just so like crazy. Um, it's, 
it's just it, it is funny. It's why I always got to make sure I watch a little bit of like, like I listen to some, some NPR news and I got to watch some Fox news too to balance it out. And just I was talking to my wife about this too that it's like it's just kind of good to know where their heads at sometimes, you know. But yeah, well, it's, but then I you think know, it's people that, that watch it and take it seriously, and that's what's horrifying. So I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, on that score, like you know. For instance, Tucker Carlson is willing to have some people on who other people wouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's willing to he's willing to have people on who he disagrees with. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's willing to say things that are seemingly heterodox to the to the cultural narrative. But he always has to throw in something about Black Lives Matter being evil. He always has to throw something in there about trans people being evil, about the agenda, about something about white people, about, you know, all these little things that he needles in there. Like Fox News does exactly the same thing as other media organizations do just for that side. And both of the sides are fundamentally controlled opposition. Like they don't actually care. And that's the reason, you know, they don't platform people like me. I doubt I'll ever be on Tucker Carlson. But like, you know, he's willing to platform. Yeah, <laughs> he's willing to platform people who are very, very bad influences on on culture uh, because he says that, you know, he's trying to be impartial. Well, impartiality would be not constantly needling every uh, allegedly leftist, but ultimately state capitalist organization or a group of people you don't like. And it wouldn't mm-hmm. be constantly being like, you know, oh, yeah, trans people are going to are going to come for your children. No. And. Most of them aren't uh, doing any of that stuff. The vast majority of them don't like those people that you're talking about. And, but it, it doesn't matter with him. It doesn't the matter state, with him. Any of them, and that's really, and even on that note, it's what bothers me with this. With everything is like the scapegoating. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, bitch about like, you know, like the gays. I'm like, gay people aren't doing this. You know what I mean? Like, you know who bitches at me about like this woke shit? It's white women you know what i mean that's who yells at me yeah about about this stuff you know what i mean like and now are there some people with an agenda that isn't like wholesome like yes i'm sure but that's not like gay people you know what i mean that's not like trans people you know so it's the the scapegoating the scapegoating sucks and it always happens and i hate to see people who are supposed to be pro-liberty doing that same thing because that's where we should be the people watching out for that kind of shit and being like look man joe's people individually you know i watched Tucker. Yeah, like that. Um, that was that was one of the ones i've watched Oh, I was going to say Tucker was one of the shows I'd watch because he is supposed to be the better one, right? And then Hannity came on right after, which was insane. Oh, my God. But um, but Tucker, you did some of the stuff, okay? Like, he had some decent things he was saying or some stories that were okay. But then, like, he got in this one thing. And he's talking about um Sweden or something. I guess they have a lot of bombings. And he's saying it's because of the migrants that came there. And, like, that, you know, the refugees or whatever, which could totally be true. But here's the thing is he talked about these bombings, but he never once mentioned there was a bombing that happened this last week. He never once mentioned who did it, you know, right. he never he never said it was migrants doing the bombings, but he heavily inferred that since the migrants had been there, bombings had increased so much so that their government just started keeping track of it, which they didn't keep track of it before. And I was like, OK, so then how do you know how much they've increased if they didn't keep track of them? <laughs> you know, that'd be my other question, you know, but it's just like, well, and basic we, journalistic if, if we shit go on those throw in there, you know, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not levels. saying it's not the migrants, but it, I, he didn't sell me on it. <laughs> and if we go on those levels, Trump removed the drone reporting mandate that Obama had put in place. So Trump could drone as much as he wanted um, mm-hmm. and not have to tell people who, how many or where, uh, which means 
the U.S. got away with a huge amount of bombings in impunity in the places where these refugees are suddenly coming from. So, hey, maybe if you bomb their territory out, they might come to your place and have some issues with you, you know? But the West's bombs are totally acceptable bombs. And that's why Biden hasn't reintroduced the reporting mandate. And also why he's totally okay with now uh, uh, removing the reporting on how much money is being sent to Ukraine because it was already more foreign aid than literally any other and many others combined. And, you know, so we can't know how much money he's sending to Ukraine now. That's that's wrong. You know, so all these bombings can take place because of the West. But the moment the West has any of these, it must be because of those other people. And also, of course, totally not blowback. Like you can't think about things in terms of blowback without being maligned or in Ron Ball's case, like blackballed. You can't talk about how maybe we shouldn't be over there doing all this imperialist nonsense. And maybe if they were doing the same thing in neighboring countries or right there on our doorstep, we would have fucking problems with it. Yeah. And maybe that's why so many people have fucking problems with us. Yeah. Well, that's Punch. my thing is and, and, a, and a like, lot of those like people like these, like they bitch about the migrants and I'm like, but you know that they're there because of government foreign meddling. Like why, why are they, the why aren't they back this? in their home? Why aren't they, back you know in what their I mean? Country where all their yeah. culture is established because you fucking moved them by blowing up their shit. You cunt. Yeah yeah so all right like that and and then of course there's the you know (laughs) there's people like the the loser who just who just bounced from the gc because like you know oh you you support trans people at all so clearly it's it's you know it's some terrible issue that you're not you're not on the same the same team with me man like i've been called a pedophile so much lately despite a long and storied history of helping victims of, of, of CSA, of getting those people reported, of getting those people away from communities of being maligned and like publicly, publicly lambasted for even going after these people, despite all of my history of helping people avoid and get away from these people and, and putting these people on watch lists and getting these people away from everybody. Sometimes even, helping them get arrested i'm i'm suddenly the the bad guy in this regard because i support trans people and this guy like he didn't like that his fucking anti-trans agenda was being criticized um while he was also spewing racist nonsense that he literally just copied and pasted from 4chan he didn't like that so he uh he he bounced from the group uh the 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 gc after being sanctimonious and bullshitted about it, um, you know, and and now all he's doing is insulting anarchist libertarians and specifically podcasters. So if if you wanted to be on the podcast, um, all you all you had to do was ask. You didn't have to be a racist, transphobic piece of shit. <laughs> Could have just been nice and uh, gotten on here and then come out with the racist, transphobic stuff, and we would have been able to stop you at that point. So you know, bad move. Yeah. Buddy. You lost your opportunity yep. for your 5D chats. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, I guess we would have had learn the option from to not Trumpy. air the episodes since we don't stream, but you know, whatever. It would have been fun well, anyhow. <laughs> I, I might have given him like a fucking beat down over it, so it might have been fun to listen to anyway. Like, we could have made that bonus content. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, shucks, oh, darn, oh, golly gee. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, man. Well, I think this was a pretty good one. I should get out and do some uh, hurricane prep, though. So we should probably uh, wrap it up. We want to yeah. do plugs and whatnot. Yeah. So why don't you talk about the documentary? Because, like, people hearing it from me uh, sure. probably don't have, like, just the scope. Sure. I'll, 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 um, I'll try, but I will say you're the better promoter of the two. Uh, the uh, docu- <laughs> the documentary is gonna be really cool. Um, I'll just say that I did um a lot of the um the fact checking and stuff for the documentary, and it was like twenty pages of sources, like just of the source URLs. Like there was so much stuff here to go through, and it was really amazing. And I think I've said this here before, but one of the things I think this is so important is because it's so easy to forget what happened. And I'm saying that from my experience because doing this fact checking, I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot we covered this on the podcast." Even I forgot all about this. You know, whatever silly travel ban or concentration camps or <laughs> I'm sorry, FEMA camps. Um, by the way, did you know they're giving nine thousand um, dollars for funeral expenses if uh, you if somebody died of COVID? So, um, my, and my thought, I'm sorry, quick tangent, I just had to come up with this. I was talking to somebody about the other day and I was like, man, it's almost like if you, if your loved one was wrongfully marked as a COVID death, but suddenly the FEMA is going to give you nine grand for that. It might hush you up a little bit, huh? Uh, anyhow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so this, the hits just keep on coming, but yeah, man, it's, you, you know, going back and remembering this stuff that just totally like forgotten about. It's like so much stuff happened so fast. It was it was just so crazy. So getting this documentary and getting this down, like in the historical records, uh, yeah. other than by the government, putting right? it all in one place, yeah, is I just think it's it's really huge, and I I think it's very important, and I'm I'll be really excited to to do it. So anything anybody who wants to help, uh, we have a donate link and everything that we will have in the show notes, I'm sure, and. And, and yeah, I mean, feel free. Otherwise, man, uh, support support the Nexus in general. There's a donate page on the uh, on the website uh, that helps support the the writers, helps get some content out there. Uh, make sure to support the people who are list on our business listing. If you need to do some shopping, shop with other Liberty businesses. That's always an excellent idea. And then, of course, Agora if you Stakers. have anything to sell, get it out there. Of course, Agorist Acres. Uh, <laughs> sponsor the show. Uh I don't know. Right, right now we're doing like a Nexus 10, 10% off for our listeners and then a 10% donation to the Nexus. Uh, I'm not going to announce it right now because I can't promise that I'll do it today, but I'm going to up both of those numbers. Um, I'm going to make a bigger discount for Nexus listeners and a bigger donation to the Nexus as well. Um, cool. Hold on, let, me, let me write this down. Okay, but I'm not going to say, well, I'll, I'll let you guys know when it's done when I, when I announce it, but I'll do that at some point here this week. I'm doing a bunch of bunch of work, ordering a bunch of new seeds. We get a bunch of new stuff going up on the website as well. Uh, we're getting milkweed, uh, so if you want to do something for the uh, butterflies, uh, for the monarchs, a lot of people are into that. I've been getting a lot of requests to get the milkweed. There's It's a whole thing because there's different ones for different regions. But I'm getting that up there. I'm working on it, I promise. So, um, so yeah, guys, uh, check it out. And then, of course, support Jeremiah. He's doing a lot of work these days uh putting me to shame for sure so definitely do whatever you can to help this guy out you know you say that but you're you're working on a homestead like the purpose of anarchy should be to do as much yourself as possible like um i i wouldn't say i'm doing more work just because i'm doing more stuff that's visible online plus you'll be able to see his stuff once he starts his uh, his his gardening series which mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe like waiting for the hurricane would be a good idea but like you know that's part of it 
yeah i got my so, i got my computer and i'm getting my monitor hopefully tomorrow so i'll be able to get video video editing set up on an actual decent computer that can handle it so i am hoping to get some um i'm, I'm hoping to get something started here very soon for that for yeah. sure and you'll be able to uh you'll be able to watch him garden like in some mm-hmm. like semi-frequent series uh that we'll be posting exclusively to odyssey Yes, um, gardening amongst other amongst other skills, uh, general repair, uh, hopefully some three D printing stuff, maybe some three D printing firearm stuff. Uh, you know, we'll see what where it takes us. Uh, but yeah, um, otherwise general home homestead stuff, uh, projects, prepping, all all that good stuff. So hopefully you guys can just sort of join me here with my journey, and hopefully if you guys are trying to do any homesteading yourself, we can collaborate and make your experience much better and more fruitful. Yeah, yeah, for real. Okay. That was good. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and since uh, we need a quote I have one pulled up that's rather long because I want to piss some people off Um, if we are to keep the term capitalism at all then we must distinguish between free market capitalism on the one hand and state capitalism on the other the two are as different as day and night in their nature and consequences Free market capitalism is a network of free and voluntary exchanges in which producers work, produce, and exchange their products for the products of others through prices voluntarily arrived at. State capitalism consists of one or more groups making use of the coercive apparatus of the government, the state, to accumulate capital for themselves by expropriating the production of others by force and violence. Throughout history, states have existed as instruments for organized predation and exploitation. It doesn't much matter which group of people happen to gain control of this state at any given time, whether it be the Oriental despots, kings, landlords, privileged merchants, army officers, or communist parties. The result is everywhere and always the coercive mulcting of the mass of producers. In most centuries, of course, largely the peasantry, by a ruling class of dominant rulers and their hired professional bureaucracy. Generally, the state has its inception in naked banditry and conquest, after which the conquerors settle down among the subject population to exact permanent and continuing tribute in the form of taxation and to parcel out the land of the paradigm. Or sorry, of the peasants in huge tracts to the conquering warlords, who then proceed to extract rent. Murray Rothbard. Of course, next is out. Peace. Join the revolution starting inside. An instrumental part of Agora Worldwide. Agora Worldwide. Agora Worldwide. Counter economics. Agorist strip. Black market click. Move a quick flip. Can't regulate this. Agorist strip. Black market click. Move a quick flip. Can't regulate this. Agorist. <laughs>